everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. Today we have a special guest, and this is like synergy because we met a year ago at Dr. Jess's oh, Be Well yes. conversation, Be well right? Combo. And then the funny part about it is like Nicole Bus was there. I didn't know that at the time, but I've had Dr. Jess on his podcast, and I've had Nicole Bus on his podcast, and now you're on the podcast. So it's like it's like a whole trifecta because. I think that was like my first day meeting Jess, and I've been helping her with the Be Well conversation since then. That's fine. And yeah. See how full, it all connect and come back around? circle. The two degrees of separation is real thing. Super <laughs> real. So how are you today? I'm good. I mean, I'm excited. Uh, I'm coming up for air, releasing new music. So that's always a good time. Like, I'm in a really good space. Mm-hmm. Today is the last day, they tell me, of the retrograde. Yes, Mercury's <laughs> about to be out of retrograde. I don't follow, but if everybody else is excited i'm with it <laughs> it's, it's basically um the end of everyone's excuse to say this is mercury's fault <laughs> right, right that's what i'm hearing so but now nah, i'm good so i wanted to ask you something because i remember okay so when you were doing the people conversation you had so many different gems that <laughs> i saved them to my phone oh fire and uh, one of them was you told everyone you have to define your line and what you're willing not to compromise mm-hmm. and write it down and stick to it. Right. So how did you learn how to do that? Um, how did I learn how to do it? First, somebody sat down and told me before anything. Um, Young Guru was the one that passed that gym to me before I passed it on to <laughs> you and everybody else at Be Well. Um, night was, uh, he took me to see Guru. I think that was our first time meeting. He was like, yo, before you do anything in this business... Know who you are and what you want from it and define your line, what you want, will and won't do because it's going to have to come to a time where you have, you're you going to have to choose and you might have to turn down something big or a whole lot of money, but, you know, your integrity is most important. Um, so for me, I just, first I had to go off and figure out who I was, what I wanted, what my voice was. And, you know, I think just watching everybody around me that I admired, that I wanted to have a legacy and career like that were around 20 years you know, they always stuck to being themselves and they never, ever compromise. And, and that motivated me, too. Like, it lets me know that I don't have to follow a trend. I don't have to compromise. All money isn't good money. Um, you know, so that's how I learned how to do that One watching other people I admire. And, you know, just trusting the process, I think, more than anything. Like, you have to have blind faith in it where, you know, it just feels right. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just got to go off a feeling like this just feels right. I'm going to do it. This doesn't feel right. I'm not going to do it. So, you know, trusting those feelings and, you know, just what I know just from life experience and watching people and learning, too. Because sometimes I made some decisions. I might have made compromises. They might not have been big compromises, but I learned from them. So, yeah, all those things. Like I try to I try to learn from every little bit and part and everyone in life. And another thing you said was um, knowing the difference between fame and success. Yes, it's a difference. You Success doesn't always equal fame. fame and fame doesn't always equal necessarily success. success. So you have to, one, decide what does success mean to you. For some people, it might be, I want to be the most famous person in the world. Mm-hmm. So until you reach that, then you won't consider yourself successful. For me, success was I wanted to do music for a long time. I wanted to be the best at it, one of the best at it. And I wanted to inspire people. I wanted everything I did to have a purpose. So, you know, if I could do that and I made 
$20,000 a year and that's just what it was. You know, I was being successful at what I wanted and the way that I wanted to do it. Um, you know, I, you know, people that are famous and they're not happy or that travel the world and nobody know them. I'm going to say the mainstream may not know them and they may be millionaires. So mm-hmm. I think that's just, the best life. Yeah. You just have to define what it, what is happiness and success for you. You might be like, I just want to wake up and paint every day. Then if you wake up and do that, whether you have a nine to five or whatever, and you're happy, then you are successful. So that's the difference, you know, figuring out what that looks like. So were you always grounded in figure in knowing that or did that take practice to learn? Um I don't it just it just took it just took me understanding the difference that those two didn't go hand, hand in hand. hand. You know what I'm saying? Like growing up, like you watching TV and I'm like, wow, I would think that, yo, know, the most talented and best artists that I see are the ones that are the most famous. And for a time, maybe that was true for a small group of people, but necessarily now that's not the case. Like the most famous people aren't the most talented. Some of them don't really have talents at all mm-hmm. or their talents are things that you wouldn't really consider a talent. A talent right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, understanding that because that's just how I viewed it. I was like, Oh, to when you're talented, you're automatically famous because they just go hand in hand, but they don't. Um, so it was just recognizing that. And once I recognized that and, you know, what true happiness meant, like you can have a car, you can have money, you can have whatever, but that doesn't mean you're going to be happy, you know? So um, it was, that's just part of life, though. I think we all have to experience that in our own way and figure out what that means because we don't come into this world knowing everything. Like you just got to be open and aware to everything you experience and learning from other people and just understanding what that is like be open-minded and receive and want to grow so that was just part of my process of learning about life and how it went that's fire yeah so we're gonna count down your songs okay so give me song number five on your playlist okay i'm up for this one i'm gonna do all women because i'm celebrating women so okay that's what it is um my first one is poor georgie by mc light and I'm going to choose that one because that was the song and video that I first saw where I got to see a woman that was ill and that was raw and that I thought could rap just as well as the men. Mm-hmm. And it let me know that I could do that too. And so because of that video, I knew I wanted to be an MC off that video alone. Um, so that's my first one. Like That's a big part of like why I'm sitting here talking to you. So have you gotten a chance to um, eat MC Light? Yeah, I have. Um, the first time I met her uh, in person was she hosted an event. Like I was probably rapping maybe two years at the time, so I didn't really get to speak to her. But I met her. But like to to be able to have a conversation with her and know who she was, it was like 2013 at a Black Girls Rock event. And it, I, a lot of my favorites were there at the time. It was me. It was MC Light. It was Lauren Hill was there. Jean Grey was there. Uh, Mamunu Yosef was there. Uh, there's some other ones that I'm probably forgetting. But I had to have a conversation with Lauren and MC Light for the first time in the same night. So that was huge for me. Um, and it was what was funny was I was trying to figure out, like, how do I divide my time between the two? Like, <laughs> Oh my God, I don't know what to do. I don't want to be rude. So first, um, I went to, Lauren was in her room 
and light was in her room. No, light was outside, and I went to speak or whatever. She said, come into my dressing room. She closed the door, like, to have a conversation. So the first thing I always ask at that time is for advice. So I asked her for advice, and she gave me what it was. And then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, dang, I can't miss Lauren because Lauren don't come out that much, and I don't know when I'm going to be in the same vicinity. So I was like... Thank you so much. I'm gonna be right back. Like who I ain't even who says that? Like, so I had to go next door and Lauren came out and I was the first like first one to be able to speak to her that night. And everybody wanted to speak to her. So I just felt all this heat just breathing down my neck. Like so a girl, kept, hurry up, hurry up. I kept that real short, but she gave me some great advice. But um yeah. And since then, like now I have Light's number, like I can call her. She called me to be a part of um, her After Dark show at Essence, which was dope. So I got to share the stage with her that night. Yo-Yo, Trina, uh, Mamuna was there. Uh, I'm probably forgetting some other people, but it was was just dope. And, you know, Light's always been a light. Like she gives me advice, uh, supportive. So, yeah. that's beautiful because not only did she inspire you but like she in a way she became your mentor in a way and i think that's fire yeah like you know and that's been like probably in the last year you know where i can call her and just ask for advice so you know just see her out it's just love so it's super dope Mm -hmm. song number four song number four is uh queen latifah's you and Mm ity you know um again that was that was one of the artists that shaped me and inspired me to be and and to 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 want to make the the music that I make and to kind of allow myself to be an inspiration for people. You know, I like the lane that they both feel talking about unity and sisterhood. Like that video was super powerful. Like I'm a demand my respect. Like she taught me how to be a respectable black woman in hip hop and to be raw too. Like to, to do it in an ill way. Like it ain't got to be dating. I'd bust you dead in your wire. Yo, who you calling a bitch? You know what I'm saying? Like that was ill. The Lord came so, out of her. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, that I, I love Queen Latifah. Um, she's on this new album. That I'm working on so to be able to work with her was an amazing experience like she's one of my favorite people in the world like I was a fan but she's one of my favorite people in the world that I've ever met like she's she's so cool and down to earth like she um knife reached out to see if she wanted to be on a project and I was in Atlanta I went to see T.I. at the time I was playing him some records um and she called me. I, I remember look, knife was knife had told me he's like queen gonna call you. I was like, oh, I'm so nervous. Like I don't know what to say. Like this is crazy. She called me. I said hello, and she she opened up with this Jamaican. I'm looking for rhapsody, rhapsody then. <laughs> and that's how it like just that cool off gate. Um, and we probably talked for like 15 minutes. Then the next week I went to L. A. and she called me again. I'd be, I I would just look at my phone like yo, Queen Latifah's calling me. Like this is. <laughs> crazy i'd be driving in raleigh and i'd see her name I'm like why is she calling me like this is nuts so she always came in and just off the gate was like big sus like you know super supportive like telling me like the first time she uh got onto my music uh she invited me to her house like we worked on the song together in her crib and her studio like she's just been she's been the the biggest 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 like big sus i could have in the game did you envision all this was going to happen when you first started? You, I think, I think as as people and artists, like we see it, like you don't know how you're going to connect with these people or the path you're going to take 
to, you know, whatever it is that's your purpose or your journey or what you're supposed to do. But you always see the end goal. So mm-hmm. I always envision myself like meeting Queen or having or working with Queen or having a relationship with Queen, but you never know the path that it's gonna take to get there. So that's that's the thing. Like I see it happening, like I know it's gonna happen, but I don't know the time it's gonna happen. I don't know how it's gonna happen. But I just gotta go with the flow. So that's that's just what it was. Song number three. Oh man, song number three is Erica Badu's "Time Wasting." Uh, Mama Gun, Mama's Gun is my favorite album by Erica, but it's also one of my favorite albums of all time. And "Time Wasting" is one of my favorite songs from that project. Uh, I like to ride and listen to that, especially at night. But it's like it's inspiring to me because. To do whatever you want to do, like to be a master at it, you got to put in 10,000 hours. You got to wake up doing it, go to sleep doing it. And whenever, I, you know, I throw that song on, it reminds me like, yo, you got to go hard. Like time is wasting. You don't, you don't have time to, you know, lay around and not do anything. So go do it. Like all we got is time. You might as well use it. So that's like like one of my inspirational songs where I could just, it's super emotional too. It just hit me in a way. But um. Yeah, like that's my soundtrack. They're like, yo, rap, you got to go get it. Like, there's nothing stopping you. Is that it's you and work? Like, is that the one that inspired you to like chase music? No, but it, it it was it just kept me it kept me looking it kept you forward. motivated. Yeah. So what? Yeah. So what got you to finally say, you know what? I'm a I'm gonna actually try this. I'm gonna give this my all. My circle of friends. Um, I was I I was a late bloomer. Like you hear a lot of people, mm-hmm. they. Started rhyming at nine and sixteen. I was in my, I was just, I was a late bloomer. I'm gonna just say that. <laughs> um, and how it was was, I knew it was always something I wanted to do. Or I would do in secret by myself. Like I go write a rhyme. I go, and at this time, like it wasn't like no fly voice memos. I didn't have the most updated phone, so I would go buy like voice recorders from Walmart and play like the music out loud and try to rap with it and see what I sound like. It was like. Super hip hop, like I'm gonna just make it work with what I got. But um, I had a best friend at the time. We worked together at Foot Action, and he was like, uh, we had started like this hip hop organization, and he was in a, a group. He was rapping actively, like he had CDs and albums. I thought that was so dope. I was like, bruh, how you make a whole album? Like how you do that? Like I didn't know nothing about it. I'm from Snow Hill, North Carolina. So just you know, talking to him and opening up to him and and telling him like for the like. He's probably the first or only person I told what I really wanted to do. And he just looked at me one day. Um, we were in the studio. I was there watching him record. And he was like, I know you be writing raps and I know you want to rhyme. So won't you just stop being scared and do it? And that's how I was just like, you right. He was like, we're not going to judge you. We're just having fun. Whatever you want to learn, we're going to help you. And that's how I started. And his name is Charlie Smarts. And he is in the group that I used to be in called Cooley High. What was it like for you growing up in Snowy Hill, North Carolina? Because I know growing up in the small cities of North Carolina is different for everyone, but everyone has like the same experience. Mm-hmm. Because like before I moved to DC, uh, I was born in North Carolina. I was born in New Bern. Oh, two five two. <laughs> what up? But um, I, I grew no up in DC, and every summer my mom would send me back to North Carolina. I never understood why until I got older, because it's like a different type of mm-hmm. lifestyle, especially growing up. Completely, it's simple. It's slower. It's fun <laughs> when you're little. It's I'm, no, when you're it's, little. It's fun. It's it's super. It was super fun, and especially for me because um, I grew up in a small community where everybody knows everybody. everybody. 
I went with this. I went to school with the same group of kids from kindergarten to twelfth grade. Um, you know, I had a lot of cousins. Like, you know, you had to use your imagination a lot of times. Oh yeah, like you just had to make it work. You know, you spent a lot of time outside playing barefoot, riding a bike, like yes. just really being a kid. Like you, you, you went outside and played outside. Like. You might do the video game and TV, but we, I spent a whole lot of time outside. And, you know, again, like it's a small town. Like you ride your bike a few times. We just fished. We did everything. We played ball. It was just it was just simple and, and free, and that's what I enjoyed about it. Um, and I think when it's slow like that, you just you appreciate things differently. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and it's the South, so religion is super big. Like, in church all day. Very grounded yes. by that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's the country, so they big on manners. Yes. Like, you know, it It just, it made, I think it made me a well-rounded person to grow up in a small country town in a big family, but to also be so influenced by hip-hop, you know. So it just made me a, a well-rounded individual, I think. When you guys used to ride bikes, because I don't know if this is was just me and my cousins doing dangerous stuff or if everyone did this, would it be like four of y'all on one bike? Or um, three of y'all on a bike? Like someone, I, Some of my friends did that. I ain't do that. Like, it'd probably be two of us, maybe three, like somebody sitting on the handlebars and maybe maybe somebody standing on back. And then someone's uh, in an actual chair. Because like, when I describe yeah, that to like, my New York friends, they'd be like, that's dangerous. I was like, that's, that's not you. dangerous. That's how you ride a bike. Yeah, but that's not how they rode Balance. You might skin your knee up. I mean, you know, you're going to fall. No, nah, that's not dangerous. No, nah, I rode some handlebars and I rode some yeah. people on handlebars. Like, we did that. We popped wheelies, four-wheelers. Like, you know, now you can get three people on a four-wheeler. That's that's probably a little dangerous because <laughs> they flip easy. So. Yes. But, and yeah. the go-karts used to be fun. Straight up, straight up. We didn't do go-karts like that, but we did four-wheelers and dirt bikes. So, yeah. <laughs> Song number two. Song number two, uh, I got to give that to L Boogie. Uh, so I, I like so many of her songs. I don't know which one to pick. So I'm going to go with Ready or Not. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm going to go with Lost Ones. Lost Ones, that's the one I'm going to do. And I'm going to pick Lost Ones because that's one of my favorite songs on the Miseducation, which was one of my favorite albums. She's my my number one artist that inspired me. Um, and two, because what I love about her is her honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, she was one of the best to ever do it, like her metaphors, her lyricism, the way she delivered it. But her honesty also set her apart from everybody. Um, and two... She had this duality where she would speak to women and men at the same time. And I thought that was dope where everybody can listen to Lauren. You know, you hear some guys like, I I like females, but I really can't listen to them because I can't relate to what they're talking about. She spoke for everybody. So that that made me know, like, I don't have to define myself as a female MC. I could just be an MC and just speak for everybody. Um you know, and it's it's reasons like that that you know you have a lost ones, but she'll tell the side of the man, and she'll tell the side of the woman's. Like, yo, like we all got some things to work on. We all wrong. We all right at the same time. So, you know, that inspired me to to be the artist that I am and speak for everybody. And I that's why I'm able to make a song like I did um, on she got on what project was was Beauty and the Beast in 2015 called The Man. You know. Um, 
And when I talk to guys, they like, yo, that's one of my favorite songs ever. It's crazy that you were able to do that as a woman. And the song is talking about, you know, it's dedicated to guys who uh, grew up without having a father, you know, and telling a, a song from their perspective. So f- for them, for me to tell it and they relate to it the way they do it as a woman, like, that's I got that from Lauren. So that's why. I love that. Like, Lauren is one of my favorites, too. That's my go-to album whenever I'm sad, mm-hmm. depressed, or happy, whatever I'm feeling. <laughs> if I just want to f- know what love feels like, I'll listen to that album. Yup. <laughs> and I don't know. I can only imagine, like, when you said you got to meet her, because, like, I wouldn't have been able to talk or move. <laughs> I remember one time Erica Badu came here, and I could not really talk or move. <laughs> and I've never been starstruck, but that was yeah. one of those, like... You allowed to have one or two. I have, I've had two. I ain't going to have no more. (laughs) (laughs) Song number one. Um, The last one. I think I'm going to give this one to a North Carolina native, Nina Simone. um, With Strange Fruit. I love that song. Yeah. It's so heart-wrenching but beautiful. At the same time. Yes. Um, She's from North Carolina. Uh... I love the soulful. One of my favorite quotes by her is it's an artist's duty to it's an artist's duty and responsibility to tell the truth. Um, so yeah, she reminded me to always be truthful and be and to be fearless in that and to stand up for what you want to believe in. It's art. It's a bit it might be a business for everybody else, but I'm it's art for me. So you, you gotta give them art, like and just live in however the moment that you feel and be truthful about that. Well, a song like that, because I, I know that song just paints what life was like during that time of like Jim Crow and being in the South and such a harsh time. Do you think there are a lot of artists that speak to what's happening now? And if there are, why do you think like their message isn't as mainstream as it was back in the day? No, there are a lot of artists that speak on that. It's exactly what you said. They, they may not be where, you can easily access them through TV and radio, but hip hop is bigger than a, a box with knobs on it. That's a that's a quote from Ninth. You can't confine the culture into a box with a knob on it. And once you realize that, then you realize the culture is way bigger than that. And you want to go out and seek and find these artists, but you know this it's a business at the end of the day. Uh, that part of it, the mainstream part of it, and sometimes their agendas be behind that. You know. And understand the power of putting people with messages on the mainstream. Like, yeah, that's what, is, what does that do? So, you I know, it's scary for people. It's two things. It's one, we as a people have to understand the power that we have. And once we realize that, um, you know, take the time to seek out those artists that you want to hear and support them and understand they're not going to be easily accessible, but your support can shift things. Black people have, um, the biggest buying power, like our dollar, I think I read the other day, is worth $1.2 trillion or something like that. So imagine, you know, if you know the power that your dollar has, that you can shift what's her mainstream if you invest in it and support it. So it's, one, knowing our power on that side, and two, like, understanding what media does. And, you know, everybody's not going to push that. And what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy? Man, I just, I just want to be somebody that inspired a generation you know, that open doors for especially little black girls to be whatever they want to be, however they wanted to be, to speak their truth, to to understand that they have a place in whatever 
field of life they want to venture into. You know, if it's music, then, you know, I want to create a table for them, open more doors, make it easier for them to walk through. So, okay, so before we go, you have to do this Dear Black Girl open letter. Okay. (laughs) All right, ready? Yes. Dear Black Girl, um, this is my letter to you to let you know that you are enough as you are. Um, to always walk in your light and shine your light brightly and know that you don't have to dim your light um, in order to make other people comfortable and that showing love to other people and other women does not dim your light in the process either. So we are always stronger together. Um, Love yourself, be kind to yourself, be patient with yourself. And again, remember that you are enough. Love, Rhapsody.